what we do with our docs is they're all using the raw materials that the body needs and we're getting them on board in, before the injection happens. And then after the injection for two, maybe three months, they continue to take the nutrients. And those nutrients are, you know, since I've got a nutraceutical company, we've developed a regenerative support kit for or uh, orthopedic applications and one for non-orthopedic applications. So regardless of what you're trying to target with stem cells in the body, we can make sure that the right raw materials are in place to support the process of regeneration. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition. One of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Before we begin, one of our podcast partners has just announced special pricing for our listeners. Wharton's Jelly Live Cell Cord Tissue for $475 per cc. You heard that right, only $475. It has a 90% viability rate, and white papers are available. This is a limited time, so act now. Why pay double or triple the price from other providers? To learn more or to order, text your name and the word stem cell to 561-962-1231. That's 561-962-1231. On with the show. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast today. My name is Dr. Ross Carter, and today we have a guest. His name is John Bergsteiner, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, doctor. So happy to be with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today with us. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I own a nutraceutical company here in Atlanta, and we've been around in our present form about 10 years, but about 25 years in the company that we that I ran prior to this one that was actually founded by my father, who is a nutritional and medical pioneer. So we come from the standpoint, his philosophy was if you maintain normal physiology, you can prevent disease and pathology. So when you combine that with the idea that mankind turns to excellence just as surely as the flower does to the sun, which is what he taught me and my siblings every day in terms of his example and in terms of you know the way he exhorted us to follow that route, um, that's what we've done. So my interest in regenerative medicine kind of grew out of my dedication over the last 25 years to helping people learn how to rebalance, the, you know, create homeostasis in the body and restore integrity to the bioterrain. And you take that concept that you're putting in the raw materials in the body for reestablishing homeostasis and normal function to the organs, organ systems, and so forth, and controlling inflammation, then... Obviously, stem cells take that to a completely different level because a lot of our products are synergy-based products, including glandular extracts. And when you put glandular extracts into the body, it's very unique and different from just vitamins and minerals because with glandulars, you're getting 
not only gland specific nutrients, but you're getting the RNA and DNA of those materials. You know, you're giving information from the proteins in the glandules. There's no other way to impart. You can't do it with a drug. You can't do it with anything else. And obviously, since we know that proteins are the vehicle of information transfer in the body, that is why stem cells and the amazing proteins that are secreted by stem cells, that's why they do represent uh, the future of medicine. Okay, so let's talk about stem cells. What area of stem cells are you referring to? Are you referring to more placental derived? Or are you looking at adults? even though they're both adults, well, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, my problem with autologous cells or you know, traditional adult cells or the way that this industry kind of was birthed is that you've got built into the process some variation in terms of your outcomes because the quality of the cells you're able to isolate is directly proportional to the age and the health of the patient that you're taking them from. Not only that, the, the skill of the person that's processing the product, you know, before it's placed back into the body. So I'm of the opinion that perinatally sourced tissues do represent the highest and best form of stem cell therapy that we have access to today at the moment. Obviously, it's, a, it's an emerging field and a changing field. And so where do you fit in all this arena? Well, I've been working with physicians for many, many years with our nutraceutical products. So as my interest in regenerative medicine expanded and exploded several years ago, we've just been in the process of uh, working directly with physicians that are offering regenerative products, helping them to determine where the sources of the best products they can possibly put into their patients are, and then trying to arrive at best practices in terms of clinical use of the products and best outcomes. So I've developed a nationwide network of physicians that are basically centers of excellence, you know, doctors that are not only searching and seeking best practices, but also sharing the information among themselves so that the industry on a whole continues to move forward and we actually reap the benefits of knowledge as it's gained. That's one of the problems we've seen in the industry is that it's like everybody's out there doing their own thing and no one agrees on how to do it or what's best. Or <laughs> I mean, it really is kind of the Wild West in many respects. Mm -hmm. And so where do you see it going? Well, that's a very, very interesting question. Are you aware of what happened in Florida in the last few months as far as the efforts, the legislative efforts down there? No, tell me. Well, Senator Berman put a bill forth, House Bill 65 down in Florida, and the bill, had it gone to the floor and been voted through, actually would have made the purchase or sale of stem cells a felony in the state of Florida. And, of course, this is, was a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction to some of the problems that we've seen you know, from a quality control standpoint from some of the players in the industry. The, fortunately, the bill never made it to the floor. It's not going to make it to the floor this year. It'll be next year at the earliest. And I spoke to Senator Berman's aide and I said, what is the objective? What are you trying to do? What is the senator trying to do here? And she said, basically, John, it's the Wild West thing. You know, what's going on with companies not doing the quality controls that they need to be doing, even on the physician level, some practitioners just not really following protocol and kind of doing their own thing. 
and just so many people being taken advantage of and so forth, they felt like, well, we really need to get a grip on this. And I said, well, that's wonderful. We do need to get a grip on this, but let's not throw the baby out with the wash water. You know, it's there is so much to offer with regenerative medicine. And it's true with every emerging frontier and every emerging industry that has rapid growth potential because it offers so much, those things are going to attract elements that are undesirable, so to speak. So that's something that needs to be addressed, and that's what the authorities are there for. And in fact, that's what they're doing. You know, the the troubles that we've seen from a quality control standpoint uh, have resulted in nationwide recalls, for example, with one or two companies, and there have been providers that have been sanctioned for, you know, not following aseptic universal precautions and so forth. So, I mean, the regulatory framework is in place and it's actually working, but that doesn't stop the powers that be from harnessing the media to really vilify this industry. And, you know, people like you, I happen to know, Dr. Carter, you have um, done a lot. You've put forth an amazing effort on your own trying to sort through what is fact and what is fiction and, you know, doing the homework for your patients so they don't have to. And I respect that. It's not something that everyone in this industry does. And so, yeah, there are risks. If people will manage those risks by working with folks who are doing things the right way with complete transparency and with uh, third-party analysis of their materials and sharing of donor records and all of that, you know, there are ways to manage the risks, and the rewards are incredible. I've seen some amazing things over the last three years, and I know you have too. Definitely. Thank you for that. I've seen amazing things, but I've been doing this quite a while, I'd say. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven years, I think. Eight years now, actually. So what do you think? It's changed a lot since then, hasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with regulations coming up with the FDA, for example? Well, obviously, if you look at what they were trying to get through in Florida, I hope that's not what happens. <laughs> but I think what's going to eventually happen is live cell products anyway, you're really going to only access them through clinical trial. So either under an IND or in preparation for an IND because the companies that are going to survive in this space are going to have to go that route. That's for live cells. But for exosomes and for non-live cells, hopefully things will not be that dramatically different because, you know, the non-live cell products are terminally sterilized to begin with. And there's, so there, you know, the risk of transmission of disease is much lower. And yet there is some clinical efficacy there. Um, I mean, I've been absolutely amazed that some of the products I have seen out there in that area. For example, wound care. You know, we've got some products out there in the wound care market that actually deliver incredible results. So if you're able to, you know, take a non-healing wound and treat it that is derived from amniotic fluid that is terminally sterilized and yeah. treat the wound bed around the wound and then take a graft of amnion dual-layer amnion patch, cover it, and then fill it in with the growth factor material. And the results that I've seen with my clients have, have been nothing short of spectacular. And these are products that are really acknowledged up front. They're not live cell products. They are 
basically the things we find in stem cells, the amazing secretory profile that stem cells are responsible for. That's what the power is. So uh, to me, the future of medicine with stem cells is going to be harnessing the uh, incredible secretome that stem cells contain, the, the peptides, the proteins, signaling proteins, cytokines, and so forth. So what do you think the biggest misconception about stem cells really is? Well, if you're talking about the general public, I would say a lot of people still associate stem cell, the concept of stem cells with embryonic and you know fetal tissues and all of the negativity that's attached to that from, a, I guess, a moral and ethical perspective or for some people, a religious perspective. From a practitioner standpoint, I guess the biggest misconception for some is that the idea that adult stem cells that we're deploying into the body are actually do have trilineous differentiation potential. I don't think there's a lot of evidence for in vivo differentiation of stem cells. There's a lot of evidence for them acting as messenger cells and secreting an incredible array of very powerful proteins. But as far as them going in and actually differentiating, I, I don't think they do. And I think the majority of the science that's out there, would that's what it says. Sorry for the interruption. To find out more about this speaker or to learn more about coaching, consulting, stem cell products, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to become a number one best-selling author in 90 days, we're here to help you. Just text your name with whatever you're interested in to this number, 561-962-1231. That's 561-962-1231. Hey, don't forget about our Warden's Jelly Special for $475. On with the show. What's been your experience in that part? I would agree with you. I think they're more of a signaling path and than actual uh, tissue creation. So how do you think a patient can maximize their results when they're doing these procedures? How does a clinician or a physician help their patients get better results if we're not creating tissue, if we're just using these as signaling factors? What do you think could help get better results? Well, one of the first things is to recognize that, you know, the response you're going to get, the outcome you're going to get in a given patient is very much dependent on the health of that individual, their nutritional status, whether or not there's actually raw materials to work with, you know, to begin with. People who have a quote-unquote bone-on-bone knee situation is not really bone-on-bone. There is some cartilage there. But if you use bracing to address structure function and take the pressure off the knee, open up that space, then the FGF2, which is a fibroblast growth factor, one of the amazing proteins that I was just referring to, will encourage your own cartilage to begin to undergo mitosis and, and regenerate. But what we do with our docs is they all, they're all using the raw materials that the body needs, and we're getting them on board in, before the injection happens. And then after the injection for two, maybe three months, they continue to take the nutrients. And those nutrients are you know, since I've got a nutraceutical company, we've developed a regenerative support kit for or, uh, orthopedic applications and one for non-orthopedic applications. So regardless of what you're trying to target with stem cells in the body, we can make sure that the right raw materials are in place to support the process of regeneration. 
And that's a very important component, you know, having the raw materials available. And then the other modalities, the, the bracing to support structure function, other modalities like PEMF, K-laser, hyperbaric, all these are ways to potentiate outcomes with your patients. And I also like the use of uh, hyaluronic acid before, during, or certainly after injections for, for example, knee injections in particular, because as you know, synovial fluid, one of the major components of it is hyaluronic acid. So when you place fresh hyaluronic acid into the joint, you're going to increase the volume of synovial fluid and the viscosity of it. So it creates a cushioning effect that really helps create a better environment for healing as well. So it's kind of a an overall, you know, quality approach that is going to take advantage of every aspect of the, of the healing process and provide all the right nutrients and support to get the most optimal outcome that you can. So do you think that's what makes the difference of some patients getting results and some patients not getting results? Well, yes and no. You know, I've already mentioned the inconsistency that's inherent with autologous cells where you're harvesting cells from your body out of your bone marrow or your fat and then placing them back in into a different place. Uh, you're going to have inherent inconsistency in that approach because, for example, I, I met a little lady, my brother and I met up in North Carolina during a big event when we had the... Oh, shoot. What's it called? Where the moon gets in front of the sun. Uh, eclipse? Yeah, when we had the last eclipse. I was up there with, with my brother. We're standing on a mountaintop, and this couple next to us happened to be from Savannah, where I grew up. And so we started talking, and she asked what I did, and I told her. And she said, well, I just had a, a stem cell injection last January. And I said, really? She went to a very well-known hospital here in Atlanta, that uh, everyone would definitely know and respect. And she had uh, stem cells taken out of her hip and her fat and then injected into her shoulder. And I said, this was like eight months later, seven months later. And I said, so how are you doing? She said, well, I've got a little bit better range of motion, but my pain is still exactly, you know, like it was before. You know, there's no wonder. An 82-year-old woman who also had rheumatoid arthritis, it's pointless to harvest stem cells out of her body to redeploy. She would have done so much better with a neonatally sourced product. So we see there are going to be some inconsistencies based on that, but quality of cells, poor technique, those kind of things certainly can come into play. But even when you're using a very high-quality product and perfect technique using ultrasound, CRM, whatever, you know, best practices, you're still going to run into, as I'm sure you've seen, patients who just don't respond. And it's hard to explain. Perhaps another example might be insightful, and that is from the nutrition world. So we get people who respond extremely well to, for example, thymus therapy thymus extract therapy because the thymus gland is the gland that is the master gland of immunity and actually thymic hormones modulate immunity much like exosomes can do in a patient that has autoimmune situation going on and some people don't respond nearly as well as others and you can do genetic testing to see how someone might respond to a specific drug 
and you can know ahead of time that that drug will, that you'd be a, a rapid metabolizer or a slow metabolizer, so, you know, to avoid certain drugs. But what that doesn't take into account is that our body has literally many, many, many more cells with living in, in our GI tract than the ones that make up our body to begin with. It's called the microbiome. So the way we react, the way we respond to a drug or any treatment has a lot to do with our microbiome and the genetic predispositions that we have and the genetic responses that we have to different things that we're exposed to. So pharmacogenomic tests might say that from your nuclear DNA that you're going to respond one way to a drug, but you might respond completely different because of the overall content of your microbiome and the genetic, you know, the phenotypic expression of your genotype. So there's just things that are so difficult for us to predict because of that. And that's why we recommend such a comprehensive approach where we're bringing on all the right nutrients, we're bringing in the right other types of support to help overall ensure as much as you possibly can the, the outcomes that you're looking for. Very interesting. So you are, uh, in essence, you do consulting. Yes, sir. Is that correct? Tell we us do. about that. You know, as I listened to one of your other, actually a couple of your other podcasts before today, I know that you've been trying to help doctors to understand that this is a very different way to deliver medicine from what they're, they may be used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, the, uh, the whole process of identifying potential customer or patient and reaching out to that prospect and engaging them in a way to establish trust and then from there throughout the process to actually having them come in for a consult and then eventually a a treatment in your office. That whole process is a very complex process and it breaks down at the, the point, you know, the weakest point. It is very different from the traditional practice of medicine that's based on people coming in with insurance and sitting in your office for an hour and a half before they get seen. And it's just a completely different mindset, as you know. So there's just a tremendous need for education, not only about the products themselves and the options that are available, but the process of how to reach potential patients and and then how, you know, what are the best practices to help them with once you do. It's an incredibly diverse opportunity for physicians, and if they're in it for the patient, then it's an exciting time for sure because you can do some incredible things for people's lives when you combine this technology with all the others that we have at our disposal to make good decisions and help patients make good decisions. But there's a lot of folks, as you know, in this industry who are not necessarily looking out for the best interests of the patients. And that's just the way it is and always is in in this world. Uh, Not everyone is there to serve, so to speak. But I would have to say you certainly appear to be. So I respect that. And I'm happy to be able to support what you're doing and come alongside you in that process. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So what would you say that makes you different than, say, a company that you know you sign up with and then they help integrate your practice? Do you help doctors integrate or do you just take – tell me your specialty here. My company does offer you know, practice development benefits and services and so forth. That is not my contribution, though. 
my area of focus and expertise is in the regenerative medicine area and in nutraceuticals. But yes, we do offer assistance to practices for all kinds of things related to embracing quality, compliance, and efficacy, and revenues, of course. I've got a team around me that do practice development, you know, everything from chronic disease prevention and neurocognitive, wound care, blood panels, pharmacy programs, allergy immunotherapy, all those things we offer through the consulting company, but my area is regenerative medicine and nutraceuticals. Gotcha. So do you help a doctor that's already, let's say, an integrated doctor, or do you help them from the beginning part? I mean, if they want to become a stem cell provider, for example, I mean, where do you come in? Do you help them guide them onto products or like protocols? Where is it? You would say your areas. Yes, we do all of that, all of the above. And like I said, we're developing a network of centers of excellence that are doctors that are really truly committed to the process of going about this in the right way and with the patient centered focus, obviously, and using, taking advantage of all the modalities that are available to optimize outcomes. And so that's what we're here to do is to help them work through all the different options that are there in order to, to do that. And then we also can help them with marketing support. And we don't, I don't do that through Securative, but we have relationships with other entities that we know can deliver results depending on the need of the particular clinic and the goals of the physician you know, which verticals they want to be involved with in terms of the world of regenerative medicine and then how to really take advantage of those optimally with the best outcomes and least problems. Sounds good, man. It really does. Well, excellent. Well, thank you for spending the time and for sharing that information. I'm sure that it was uh, very valuable for a lot of the doctors who are listening. Well, I, yes, I want sir. to say thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me very much. That's all the time we have. If you're looking for the best companies for stem cell products, exosomes, marketing, consulting, or other products and services, please call us at 866-9-WARRIOR for the best options. Mention this podcast for special pricing and offers. That's 866-9-WARRIOR or 866-992-7746. Also, you can click the subscribe button below to be notified of all new episodes and please like and share this podcast with others. If you found value in this episode, please comment and review that will help this podcast grow. If you'd like to learn more about this or any other speaker, click on the show notes or visit us at regenerativewarrior.com. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, we'd love to have you. Just go to our website and click the application link. You can contact me at Dr. Ross Carter at regenerativewarrior.com with show ideas or if you'd like me to present at your event. Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter signing off. Signing off.